0: Shipping products, building on ideas together, and learning functional concepts have been bust phrases for a while now, thanks to the increasing interest to perform in the tech product world. But before all this, let's get to the point of making the first move, how to enter into the tech space, understand unique perspectives of people already there, embrace the diversity, and feel like you actually belong. Welcome to the broadcast with me, Ashwarya. Today's episode is going to uncover a lot of information on cracking the code to the product space, because with me is Helen Huang, the founder of CoLab, the startup that's working on giving people the practical experience to confidently break into the tech industry. Hi, Helen, it's a pleasure to talk to you today.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me on here.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So uh, let's talk about your interest at the beginning. You're an earth scientist turned into product manager, turned into t- startup founder. Wow, that's like a steep turn. How did all of this happen? And you know, how did how did it start?
1: Yeah. Um. It's it's actually sort of a funny story because, um. I mean, first of all, I chose to study earth sciences at the University of Waterloo, uh, because. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Ultimately, Um, I actually funny story is that I was dating someone at the time and he was going to go to the University of Waterloo. And so I was like, oh, I should really pick a program here, any program, literally any program. Um, So I picked the Earth Science program. Um, All of my other applications were actually around nursing, but my grades were terrible. So I didn't get into any of those. And I got into Waterloo. Um, And so, yeah, I just decided to come here first you know within the first few months i sort of knew that i don't really want to do earth sciences just long term after graduation really go into the field of academia i already knew i wasn't interested in that so that's why i started applying for jobs within sort of like financial services working at banks here out of out of canada um and and so I was working in all of these banks, and I was doing my thing, like you know, business analysis, you know, looking at data, etc. And and then I made the pivot into technology specifically. Um, at the time, I had no idea what a product manager was or anything like that, but I knew what a project manager was. And so I started applying to a bunch of different jobs. Um, honestly, I thought they were the exact same thing. And so I applied to Zynga, which is a mobile gaming company. And I ended Mm -hmm. up landing a role there as a product manager. And so on the job is really how I learned what a product manager really did beyond, you know, reading and like Googling it. Um, And I guess that sort of opened up this new field and industry to me where I realized that, wow, okay, I thought I needed to know how to, you know, code, or I thought I needed a certain program, but I really don't because here I am doing the job on the job. Um, And so that is what led me to, doing product management at Microsoft, um, you know, during university as an intern and later full-time um, before transitioning sort of into product roles at GitHub as well. Um, and then to answer, I guess, the last part of the question about why I pivoted again into more um, founder stuff, into startup stuff is just really having found a place or a problem space that I was super passionate about um, and realizing that, wow, I had all of these transferable skills as a product manager and now I can bring that to life. Um, just sort of building out my own thing that I really, really care deeply about. Um, and yeah, so that's what led me and Shafumi to working on CoLab as it was, um, sort of helping people break into the tech industry in the same way that we learned how to do it. Um, and yeah, that's where I am now. <laughs>
0: Awesome. That was uh, really like a, you know, great journey because uh, you touched on some important points, which is learning on the job. I think uh, most of us, uh, as people entering into the product space and typically the product management space, a lot of us wonder what it takes to be a great product manager. You know, where do I have to start? What are the skills that I have to learn? So what I really found interesting is how you embrace that sort of uncertainty in the beginning and try to understand what the role calls for while you're at the role and trying to uncover a lot of opportunities then and there so i think a lot of uh the product enthusiasts struggle at this point in time whether to uh, enter into the product space with prior knowledge and uh you know prior experiences or to be on the job and gain most of these skills pretty evident from your case and you know your experience that a lot of this could be done if you put your mind into it and if if, if you know where you are at and uh, you know you want to gain more skills there and uh, like you mentioned the whole transferable skills in terms of getting from thinking about problem solving to actually building um, ground up towards the problem-solving through a startup. I think that's a really interesting journey to take, so I'm glad that you took the route.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's sort of interesting because, I mean, obviously, product management is one of those roles that you can't truly prepare for uh, just because exactly. every single role yeah, at every team is so different that, like, literally, what are you going to do to prepare until you're there? <laughs> um, but that's I, why it's also so particularly hard for people who don't yet have that experience or like, you know, it's it's hard mm-hmm. to land the job when you don't have the experience, but the experience is sort of like, you, you sort of need the job to like learn how it actually feels like. And yeah, so it's it's definitely sort of like a tough catch 22 for beginners in the industry. <laughs>
0: Definitely, definitely. It's like the chicken and egg problem, right? You know, which comes mm-hmm. first, and then you're you're again going around the loop. And I think you also uh, address the whole uh, difference between product management and project management because that's another thing that most of them get confused about. You know, sometimes people think it's all about taking decisions, trying to delegate. But what comes at the heart of that is how you're trying to solve for a problem, how you're trying to address the need of a market. So um, that's that's another thing that you know I'm I'm glad that you touched upon it. So. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. you know, getting through your interest now that you've spoken about um, learning on the job uh, by being at Microsoft and and at GitHub as a part of product and DevOps teams, there shouldn't be specific experiences, which could be, you know, interactions with people or opportunities that you foresaw. What specifically led you into CoLab and that whole concept of creating, you know, like a lab for making people enter into tech space?
1: Yeah, so that's a super good question. Um, I think, you know, again, one of the things that I realized during all of this, and my experience at these companies is that, like, again, there just is not one path to to enter into the field. And there's not one route for success, either. Um, some of the most amazing people that I've worked with didn't involve necessarily having studied a certain thing, having gone to a certain school, rather, it was their their way of thinking of solutions right like their way of approaching problems their way of making people want to work with them even (laughs) Um, (laughs) so from realizing that i think you know comparing to my experience when i was even job hunting right i always thought that wow like i i don't know if i would be the most perfect fit and even after i was in a role i felt like ah you know would someone rather work with someone else who had different experiences than I do, like, do I have the right set of experience that makes someone feel confident of working with me? Um, And so I always had just those thoughts in general, (laughs) when I was going about it. And, and that's what made me realize that, wow, like, if imposter syndrome is so strong for me, (laughs) after having worked here for like four years, um, how does it feel for someone who's really just getting started, especially in a way that the landscape is now just so competitive for product management? or anything tech related. Um, And so that initially began the spark for sort of realizing that, wow, okay, people, there's not one solid path, but until you're there, you don't really know that. And you, you don't really know how to build confidence or even just showcase the fact that you have these transferable skills because, because you just don't know what you don't know. Right. And so that was sort of the genesis of the idea of like, Hey, okay, If you don't know what you don't know, how do we put people in a position where they realize the things that they don't know and they get to explore it while being safe and in a learning environment, right? In an environment that is very much affirming rather than, wow, you're on the job and you're like figuring out all the things you don't know, like on the job and you're scared. Um, And so that is really where the idea came from initially of just, okay, well, we know that the best way to learn about product management is on the job. And so let's actually simulate that real-world experience for other people. Um, And then along the way, so CoLab initially started up as more of a program for product managers, but along the way, we realized that this is something that designers, developers, other roles within the product team also face as well. Um, And we sort of saw a gap there in terms of the existing education opportunities for even product designers and developers, especially when you're coming from more of a non traditional background when you're career pivoting when you're self taught or have gone to a boot camp is that wow it's it's hard to it's hard to gain these real world experiences um and so yeah it's sort of like understanding that wow these are the problems that that exist within the education landscape today for these roles um this is how we think is a good way to help people gain experience and confidence and build community um so let's just do it and see see how it goes
0: wonderful the whole uh, non-traditional background part is very crucial here because uh like you mentioned there's no one path to enter into space and i think the beauty of uh the product space is such that it's a lot around how you think it's not about what background you come from or what's your educational degree like of course while that part is important a lot of it depends on um just as you were mentioning how do you put your mind into the problem, and how do you approach a particular um, solution? So, a lot about difference of opinions coming together, experiences matching, and collaborating together, and that forms um, the the best path into learning what product management takes for, as well as working together with people. So, in an actual, you know, it's like you're building a safe space, right, for people to feel comfortable to to um, uh, go on the side of errors and trying to understand what mistakes they make, and uh, of course, learn to say that they don't know something and eventually explore what it means to do it.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, so um, now that you were mentioning to me about the whole, how did you find the gap in terms of uh, product management or designing and, and software development? One of Colab's missions is to facilitate that diversity in thought and give a place where people feel like they belong. There's a tech landscape that's becoming increasingly competitive every day just as you we were discussing. So how is that you're able to maintain those expectations that are growing from these different roles? And how are you able to shape the whole preparedness of the collaborators who eventually end up taking these tracks?
1: Yeah, so I think the most interesting thing about our program is that, I mean, I don't even really call it a program or a boot camp, it really is real world experience. in that you're working, you're meeting new people and you're figuring out what the heck you guys are building or y'all are building together and for whom and how, right? And you're also, you know, working amongst this new multicultural diverse audience that you're ultimately gonna have to get used to, you know, working with and around. And and it's just, again, representative of who you'll really get to work with alongside um, working towards the same goal in a real world environment. And so while we provide that environment and that setup and we get you the mentorship and we sort of reveal some of the things that you might not learn normally um in a Mm -hmm. in your regular program so like as an example one of the classes we teach is hey how do you actually facilitate design dev handoff right or as a developer how do you push back against when you know, the product team tells you, no, we got to do this, this, this. How do you actually say, hey, that's not realistic? How how do you prioritize? How do you estimate the size of your work, right? And so we already, you know, we provide some of those classes and, and guidance about the things that you might not have thought of before when you're just learning the theory. But how it all actually comes together and how it plays out in actuality is something that we don't have any control over, right? Because just like in the real world, You know just because something is set up in one way doesn't mean that that is the way that it will actually happen um and the true outcome of our program is really giving people the confidence that hey you're going to be in these environments when you're on the job the outcome of collab isn't that you do them to it's perfection right is that you do, you find out the best way to do it and that there's a step by step guide as to how to handle these things mm-hmm. it's really wow like you're going to be in all of these different types of positions and through collab is where you'll realize that no matter what happens you will figure it out and that you have the skills and you know ability to think and collaboration ability to to work it out and to figure out how to move forward Um, And so that really is the outcome of the program rather than explicit like step-by-step hand-holding. Because again, we're never going to be able to estimate what it'll really look like in the workforce. But if you've gone through something like CoLab, where you've known you've been put in these exact same situations that you'll face, during the work environment and you've gone out of it and you've succeeded and mm-hmm. you've met people and made friends along the way that truly is the outcome um so yeah i guess to answer your question it's like oh with collab we want to facilitate that environment but what each person really gains out of it is not this tangible thing that we can promise? It's whatever they gain out of it, <laughs> um, and right, so right. so yeah. That's that's basically how we've approached the problem. Just because, just like learning, there's no one size fits all, right? Like it's just about everyone's individual journey and what you make of it.
0: Right. No, absolutely. Uh, uh, you're sort of creating an environment and like simulating a space where uh, people focus more on the outcomes, but not in terms of um, just just Picking up theoretical knowledge, but trying to understand what exactly happens in the in the whole uh, team battleground. How do you the pushbacks? How do you uh, you know hand it off to other people? In fact, how do you just work together with folks? I think that's a major skill that a lot of us struggle with in terms of um, uh, working on these projects together. So um, I, I I see that you know it sounds more of how do you get them to develop that mindset and that mindset eventually grows and uh, gets them to be active while a particular thing is happening and it sort of kicks off in their mind to say oh yeah i think i'm going to be addressing it this way because i've been through a space where uh, i got these skills to apply so yeah i think it sounds good Um, uh, it's kind of real world practical experience Hmm.
1: yeah which is you know a little bit different than i think what a lot of people expect to learn just because i think we as a society we're very used to or we think that wow okay if i just take these or so classes it prepares me um but in reality it's it's really about the way that you think and approach problems and your ability to learn and and unlearn and relearn rather than specific skills that you can gain out of any lecture
0: <laughs> you No, know, no, absolutely um uh, that's that's a great point thanks thanks helen um, and I'm also a bit curious now that you mentioned about these kind of exercises and the way people go through these um, uh, subjects and concepts. Um, you've you've worked with a lot of talents and made them enter into the tech space and get the whole uh, benefit from some of these roles. So have you made any interesting observations that you thought, hey, I never knew you know this would happen, but wow, it's happening so. Are there any such aha moments for you that you thought um, these are like interesting things for me to see
1: yeah for sure um and I, i think the so for reference anyone listening the way that the program works is that we actually match product managers designers and developers together in teams and over the course of eight weeks we help them ship a product and so teams You know, of like four or five, they go through this process of like defining a problem space. They talk to real customers, they figure out how their solution is differentiated from possibly other ones. Um, and then they go through the actual design development process. They iterate, they ship it back to customers to see how they think. Um, And that really is the outcome of the program. And so the entire point is that you gain this real world experience and maybe at the end you have a product to show for it. And if not, you at least have the experiences to speak to, to help you land that first role. Um, So that's, you know, how things go. And I think the main interesting learning is that, wow, like when you give people from different backgrounds, from different perspectives and lived experiences, when you give them the opportunity to build something, right? And give them the safe space to actually unleash their creativity um, and discover their passions. There's a lot of interesting things that people solve that you would never have thought of, right? Just because, or at least I would have never thought of because that wasn't my lived experience. And so as an example, we had a project a little while ago, and it's actually live in the Chrome store um, that helps neurodivergent people navigate websites that you know if you have a lot of gifts or moving things on a website a lot of times that can be extremely distracting right and so yeah. one of the teams they they explore that problem space and they created an extension that actually just turns off auto turns off all moving gifts right or all moving things um and that's nice. again that's not something that i would have thought of to work on at all right but it's a extension of what that team cared about and it was an extension of what they experienced and the problems that they saw in the world um, and what they could fix and so I think that is honestly the most interesting observation is just that hey all of us come from these different backgrounds and have these different perspectives and when we come together there's a huge amount of creativity of what we can end up solving right and what that actually really took is people from these diverse perspectives to bring them up in the first place um so yeah i think that has been something super interesting over you know we've had over 150 products that have been shipped now as a result of the program and each of them are just so interesting in how they approach a problem and what the problem even is um and yeah i think that's a direct result of the diversity of people working in those problem spaces
0: Incredible. I think 150 products is is, uh, is an amazing job and it's great to see how these talents are put together and they come together and I'm glad uh, accessibility got its mention because um, most of what we uh, you know study or most of what we learn practically at these jobs is at the end of the day to build something more responsible, something that's uh, eventually what People would love and use and care about, and if the team that is actually building the product cares about those little nuances, that's the best you could receive with the whole product building process. Uh, you made a very interesting point, which is when there's no um, like when there's no restriction, when there's a bit of a creative freedom that's given in the space for people to learn, uh, they they unleash the best selves, and uh, I I cannot agree more to this because uh, I've I've experienced that and I've seen uh, folks who tell me that when they have that space to think and to to act uh, the way that they they are prepared, it it naturally gives them a good growth.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, so by putting these product managers, designers and developers together, it's like you're having a whole creative capital around this product, right? It's like a whole community. And of course, a lot of people and a lot of brands, a lot of VCs, everybody in the tech space keep talking about uh, building a community. So how challenging was your journey into not just doing exercises like these as one off, but building a community where people, um, just as like you mentioned, care about each other, care about building something together? How, how difficult was it and what were the challenges that you faced?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think this is a super interesting point, just because once someone comes in the program, immediately they sort of realize that wow okay it's not just my learning experience right like my individual experience it's the experience of the entire team um because what we really preach is the fact that yo like you know you can't build a product just by yourself right like it really takes all of these cross functional teams working together uh these individuals that have expertise in areas that you don't to really make a successful product um like as a pm what what are you going to do beyond like writing a spec and making sure people can actually build the <laughs> thing right um and that's yeah. really the case across each of the disciplines as well like even as a developer yeah you can you can code, but it doesn't really, it's not about the code you write, it's rather about the impact that you're making with the code that you write. Um, and, and so I think already, as soon as someone enters the program, that's what they realize is that, wow, it's really now about team dynamics rather than my individual experience. Um, and so because that's the case, I think it's it's because we already do it a little bit differently that way. Um, it's a little bit easier to really build out a community where people care about the others experience Um, just because part of the program is also involves hey you're building these relationships with working professional relationships with other people in the industry and these are the things that really are going to propel you forward right it's not just about what you know and what you can do it's about the network that you have how you make other people feel when they work with you how willing they are to vouch for you when you know, they're landing jobs in other different places and their team is like, hey, who can you recommend and refer, right? Um, So I think that's one aspect of it. And I think the other aspect is just having realized, you know, through our You Belong in Tech campaign that you participated in, how many other people really resonate with the fact that, wow, like there's so many paths to success here. And I wanna share my story to showcase that there is the opportunity for others as well as they're entering the space. And I think, I mean, I think just in general, like this is a growing field and as with any growing field, it takes voices of people who have been there already to sort of spark that inspiration, motivation, and affirmation that other people can do it. Um, And I think that's been something that people really vibe with. and yeah like it's it's our main mission and other people vibe with the mission as well thank you (laughs) And, and i think that is really like what you can do and it's also a very key product type of way of thinking as well because as a product manager your main goal is to align people behind this one mission right um you're all like it's the north star of your product you know it's what you have discussions rather than disagreements upon And it's that trust to know that other people have your back and believing it. Um, And I think, yeah, it's these these are the things that are key to sort of establishing your community um, and is how we've been able to be successful so far as well.
0: For sure, Uh, voices and stories in turn carry a lot of this confidence uh, built up from people and uh, the whole point of networking is, at the end of the day, being helpful to each other and just just letting each other uh, understand and discover their own strengths and uh, blend in together to to receive the best uh, uh, you know purpose possible. So uh, I think that's that's the that's the whole crux of the community with collab folks get to do this folks just don't get to build something off their own but it's like making a dish right you just get these ingredients together and ensure that everything is on track everything is just aligned to get to the perfect dish possibly right that's that's amazing so um now let's let's come to a, to a bit of the first time startup lessons. Uh, we've spoken a lot around how how did you help folks enter the tech space but now it's it's time to know how did you initially feel being a first time founder and these days, founder founders talk a lot about co-founder dynamics. So, in your case, um, what was so easy or difficult about uh, setting up a whole business with the help of a co-founder, uh, especially you know focusing on bringing the best out of each other and also maintaining that diversity that you always vouch for?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I think um, in my case, I, I got a shout out to Shifumi here because um, I think. You know, my my co-founder Shafumi and I we're we're very different, um, but we're very aligned on sort of the same goals. And so the way that we approach problems is very different. And I I'm very you know happy and like grateful that that is the case because I I do think that you know if there's any discussions that we're having, he has a perspective, I have a perspective, and one way or another, we talk through how those perspectives are formed, who those perspectives impact in our respective like opinions and we come to sort of like a i wouldn't say a compromise because you know sometimes mm-hmm. compromises don't work right but we talk through each of these decisions that we make and we see who it impacts and i think that really you know that that diversity of thought is the key right. is the key thing to creating products and creating solutions that anyone can can sort of benefit from so i i do have to you know i'm very very excited and like happy that that is the case um and i think Yeah, again, having a co-founder has been like instrumental because I I don't think that either of us could do it on our own or I don't even think we would want to try to the same level that we do with CoLab because yeah, things are hard, right? Like there's so many hard aspects of it where, you know, with us it's like, hey, is this, are we on the right track? Um, Is this the best way to solve these problems? Are our students really benefiting? Are the results there and so there's so many different parts of like the startup journey that are hard but i think having someone alongside you that's just as passionate definitely pushes mm-hmm. you to continue um so so yeah very grateful to be working with
0: shifu <laughs> certainly so focusing on the impact and what really works the best for the product for the brand uh, and and uh, like you said it's not about the compromise but just understanding what Uh, what leads to the path of creative back so um, that absolutely makes sense thanks and uh, yeah all the best to both of you Uh, it sounds super exciting that you're there for each other in terms of uh, sticking together and and trying to get the best out of each other's work Mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly i got my choice (laughs) of (laughs) course too it's a lucky force. i i should say so yeah awesome and um, this is one of the last questions that I really wanted to touch upon. Uh, you you keep talking about how um, there's a lot of power with respect to candid discussions. And you also re- recently mentioned on Twitter uh, that talking about struggles in public is more important than just building in public. So could you share um, in, in just short words, three honest lessons that you've picked up and the ones that you think other product people should know out there? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, okay, so the first one <laughs> is that, mm-hmm. like, I, I truly believe that no one knows 100% of what we're doing, right? Like, product management already is a new enough role that we're we're forming the roles and responsibilities as we go, right? And I think what I've really learned throughout all this is to never take one person's word for a gospel. Um, so, aka, just question everything. <laughs> question the things that you didn't <laughs> know could be questioned because um, just like hey listening to this podcast right like whatever I say you'll know, take it with a grain of salt <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about this is just the experience that I've experienced and what I've seen succeed but I think part of what we're really trying to do with You Belong in Tech and CoLab is to make people realize that wow there's again all of these different paths and not that not one person knows what is really the right one um, and that it's all about living it and sort of seeing what works and what doesn't so I think that is just one thing that I've sort of learned, um, is questioning, whatever. I think the second thing that I've learned is that just do research beforehand. And don't forget that a lot of these problems you solve, you're trying to solve, have been solved before. Right. But obviously, what's key is to add your own twist to it. Um, the reason why I say this is because I feel like a lot of you know product features or even startup woes that I've had, like, yo, people have gone through it before. It makes you feel less alone when you're searching up other people's struggles. Um, And yeah, you just realize that it has, you know, these are problems that exist. You're in a prime position where you can solve them and that you just got to believe in yourself, I think. Um, And I think the third thing that I really realized is along this journey. So first of all, I never thought that I was going to be a startup founder at all. Right. And I wish mm-hmm. I wish I could say and I was super confident in like, oh, yeah, you know, I got what it takes like this is going to succeed. But honestly, I, I don't know that. <laughs> right. Like anything can happen. Um, but I think it's it's that anything can happen mindset that, you know, I used to think, oh, but what if this 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 goes wrong? Right. But it, what I have realized is that, yo, you got to think about it in a way where it's like, hey, what if this 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 goes right? You know, what if this actually works out? What if instead of like the worst case scenario, the best case scenario happens? Because all of those have basically the same amount of probability, right? We're just trying to make, you know, we're trying to increase the chances of whichever one. And obviously, you just got to trust yourself that you want to succeed, you want to make impact, and you want to, you know, learn along the way and help others along the way. And that's what you know. And so you're always going to be optimizing for those things that get you towards that path. Um so yeah I think it's just about the last thing just trusting yourself knowing that shh, things are hard <laughs> I was about to swear <laughs> there, but yeah, things are hard um, but you've got what it takes and you you just don't know how you can succeed just yet but you can get there um so yeah I, I would say that those are sort of the three things that I've learned or at least I uh, continue to repeat to myself <laughs>
0: excellent question everything and uh, add your own twist to things and also take your chances at doing the best thing possible they are like you know like simple to do but a lot to think around and, and reflect and uh definitely gets to you at, at every every point in your career right so yeah thanks yeah, for, for sharing for that. Sure.
1: yeah I, I i have no doubt that people far more successful and awesome feel the same way like i just have no doubt about it so
0: yes Absolutely, yes, yeah. All right, so um, this is going to be the last section of the podcast, which is a rapid-fire round. So I've got three questions for you, and the rules for this is that you shouldn't think. Whatever comes to the first to your mind, you just have to tell me that. Sounds good? Yep.
1: All right, so here so goes your first question. Obsession with cat gifts. <laughs> um probably whenever I started becoming obsessed with cats in general, uh, which was, I can't even remember. It feels like it's been forever. I've always been a cat person. <laughs> that's nice, that's nice. Here goes your second question. Choose an emoji to represent your personality. Um, man, I, I I, think it'll either be that like, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain that emoji, but it's like the face with like, it's like a squiggle face where they're sort of like, <laughs> feels like, hmm, but not. So I I don't even know what that (laughs) actually is. But instead, maybe I'll just choose the frog emoji. uh, Just because on Twitter, I truly love how it looks. I don't like how it looks anywhere else. But on Twitter, it's extremely cute.
0: That's super specific. Now I'm going to go and check how it looks. (laughs) All right, here goes your last
1: one. I'm giving you a pack of friends. Uh, What would you immediately draw? Um, I think I would draw a carrot because I know how to draw it um, and I also really love the like I love orange I don't know if it's my favorite color because I also really like uh-huh. green but again a carrot involves both green and orange uh, so yeah I'm gonna I'm choose a carrot.
0: Interesting yeah thanks a lot Helen I think this conversation has been super fun and a lot uh, insightful in terms of what are you doing with Collab? how is it uh, you know, missioned at getting more folks entered into the tech space and that's the, the whole beauty of it that you can make people belong you can make people more equipped and empowered to to do their job in the tech space and still um, do their best in helping others around so um, thanks a lot for taking time to talk to us today and to detail us about your startup journey about your mission and I wish you and Colab and your
1: co-founder all the best to run this successfully Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, no, definitely appreciate it. This was a super fun conversation as well. Um, Yeah, hopefully we get to have more in the future. And yeah, if anyone's listening, feel free to also connect with me wherever. Always happy to chat about these kinds of things and share emojis on on Twitter or something.
0: (laughs) Awesome, for sure. Thanks a lot, Helen.